and welcome to On Focus, brought to you by the Focal Therapy Clinic, where we engage you with issues facing men diagnosed with prostate cancer that are little known, less understood, and often ignored. Prostate cancer is now the most commonly diagnosed cancer in the UK, and with this somber fact comes a multitude of challenges and opportunities. I'm Claire Delmar. Joining me today is Susan Evans Axelson, Clinical Coordinator for Prostate Pioneer, the European Network of Excellence for Big Data in Prostate Cancer. It's part of a European mission to improve health outcomes and healthcare systems in Europe by maximizing the potential of big data. And it's tasked with transforming the field of prostate cancer care by focusing on improving prostate cancer outcomes, health system efficiency, and the quality of health and social care across Europe. Susan, welcome, and thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Claire. Thank you very much for invited me on to speak about the Pioneer Project. You know, it sounds incredibly complex and almost intimidating. <laughs> and I think you are just the perfect person to try and, you know, demystify and to get people excited about it. Because, you know, you and I have obviously been working together and I've become mm. extremely excited about it. And I think <laughs> this is an opportunity to, to share that and to really communicate to our listeners how big data is a really a big, important part of the future of prostate cancer. So on that note, maybe we can open with you just telling me what is the Pioneer Project and, and what's your role in it? So that kind of sets the context. First, I think I should let you know what Pioneer stands for. It's okay. a bit of a mouthful. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's a prostate cancer diagnosis and treatment enhancement through the power of big data in Europe. So like I said, it's a bit of a mouthful, but it's quite important. We aim to transform the field of prostate cancer care. We're really patient focused. There's a lot of things that haven't been addressed that big data can address. And we are prostate cancer based. We're part of a big data for better outcome mission. The mission of big data for better outcome is to improve healthcare outcomes and healthcare systems in Europe by maximizing the potential of big data. There's a few other programs within this mission. It's Roadmap, which focuses on Alzheimer's disease, Harmony for hematologic malignancies, mm-hmm. and big data for cardiovascular disease. So they see the importance of big data. And I know that your listeners, we really need to understand what big data is in order for you to understand why we need it and mm-hmm. why, how we can use it. Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, just before we dig into that, just tell us really quickly what your role is. So for yep. our listeners, you're based in Southern Sweden yes. um, and you're coordinating a group really um, across Europe, correct? Well, it's all over the world, actually. Okay. Um, we're a large consortium. We're, I think, 34 public and private stakeholders. So that means we are academics and industry working together. We want to make everything transparent and available. And we work closely to identify holders of prostate cancer-based data sets. So my role within Pioneer is within Work Package 3. It's data accessing and sourcing. What we do within Work Package 3 is we identify these high quality data sets, and then we start a dialogue with data holders. So for instance, if your patients are part of a clinical trial uh, hospital that's collecting the data, Mm -hmm. um, we go to this data holder and we say, you know, you have this great data set we think would fit very nicely in with the Pioneer platform. However, it's hard for people to let go of their data as well. Mm -hmm. You know, you work for years to collect this data and you want to make sure that it's used for the benefit of the patient. Mm -hmm. So my role is to start this dialogue 
and to um, help the data holders understand the importance of their data um, when collected with other data sets and also to feel comfortable with sharing the data and know how it's shared and how it's used. So that's that's pretty clear, I think. So let me come <laughs> at that from, from two sides. So yeah. what kind of data are we talking about? Can you give us some examples of, of what kind of data we're talking about? Well, it, it's all sorts of data. It's from clinical trials uh, from industry and from academics. It's from prospective, retrospective, single and multi-institute studies. For instance, we collected from a company, a small biotech company here in Sweden, mm-hmm. and it was them holding the data and collecting the data, but they had sites all over the world. So we have worldwide sets that have worldwide data in it. We have sets that are specific to an area. We have like the Malama data sets are specific for Malama. So it's that type of data. Okay, um, so you've defined like- Imaging sort of, data, omics okay. data, genomics data. Okay, so that's that gives me a bit more. So it's obviously specific to areas, but more important, specific to- types of, let's see, how you actually gather information on an individual patient, whether it's from an image or from a drug. Yes. Um, so or from a quality of life. A quality right. of life is very important. The ultimate source of it is the individual patient who has to give consent for his, we're talking about prostate cancer, his, his yes. data to be, to be used and to be shared. Is, is that- Absolutely. Has that been a, a problem or an opportunity? Well, when we collect the data, now, we have to make sure that everything was approved before. So mm-hmm. um, patients have already approved their data to be used for this. And that is extremely important that when you are going in for surgery or when you're diagnosed with prostate cancer, if they say, maybe you have a cancer that does not need a therapy right now, you're going to do watchful waiting or active surveillance. Mm-hmm. That can also be set in a database. And that can help us to understand how cancer evolves over time. And so your doctor may ask you, can we use your data for this type of project? Or Mm -hmm. can we use it to incorporate with other data to help build and get a picture of how the cancer evolves? And that helps us to better understand because that's a big problem. We don't actually understand prostate cancer. We don't understand the disease. Mm -hmm. So we can use big data. We can use data from this clinic and this clinic and this clinic and put them together to be able to improve diagnosis and the treatment in prostate cancer and to better understand the disease. Okay, that's that's interesting. So the big actually refers to the, the size of these data sets, as you said, and, and you're yeah. doing something slightly unusual by putting <laughs> these all together. Yes, it's important not to base a clinical recommendation on one data set because you have different populations. A drug could affect African-American men different from white men, different from Asian men. You might not see this difference if you're just using one data set. Mm-hmm. It, might not be, it might not be apparent. But if we set and we can harmonize and we can put three different data sets, four different data sets, you know, five different data sets together, we'll be able to focus what we're doing. We'll be able to really contribute to overcome the differences of treatment for men with prostate cancer. We need to stop the current underuse of effective drugs and overuse of ineffective treatments, you know? Okay. And we can do this by using big data to really get the bigger picture of what's going on in man. 
So your work actually complements the clinical trials that are already out there for drugs or devices or technologies? Big data is similar to real-world populations. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you have clinical trials, they report on streamlined cohorts. Mm -hmm. So we can add all this together, but we really need to get the real-world data. We really need to see what's happening with everybody. And you get this by putting this big data together. We want to stop using drugs that aren't working. We want to start using drugs that are working. And we need this from men across Europe, not just in Sweden, where I am, because we really need to standardize how men are treated. Even here in uh, Malama, a man is treated, can be given a different treatment therapy than a man in Gothenburg. It's unfortunate that we don't have standardization in treatment plans. A doctor has his way. He treats and, and you have doctors that are more into research and more up to date. And you have doctors that they say, this has been working for years and this is what I'm going to stick with. We need to standardize it. We need to be able to um, guide guidelines and help give the best therapy for men. So let's look at the concept of evidence, which is what clinical trials obviously seek to produce. Mm -hmm. I mean, are you suggesting that by using these big data sets, you can take some evidence that's been generated from, as you say, a, a, a cohort, a carefully selected cohort, and then use that to actually standardize treatment or standardize the outcome of that trial? We can help to guide, okay. um, help, help to dig through the crap. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, the statistical value of the data is increased when you add more. Mm -hmm. And this yes. is a benefit for men, but... That's why we are a consortium with academics and industry. We work together within the Pioneer platform already. We have data sets from academic and from industry, which mm -hmm. is quite nice because we can really see what's going on. But you know that you, especially, mm -hmm. uh, you have this podcast. You really try to give the men the information they need. I know you do. You try to get it out there. Mm -hmm. You try to inform the men as much as possible. And prostate cancer is something that can be cured if caught early enough, if caught while it's still confined within the prostate. Mm -hmm. However, unfortunately, it's taboo to talk about prostate cancer. And it's still the second leading cause of death among men. So we know that prostate cancer is a major health issue and it's got many unmet needs. You know, we know that there is insufficient knowledge on the risk factors and patient characteristics. We know that we really need to integrate real world clinical data into how men's disease is classified and their care pathways. We're missing the standardization of the outcomes um, okay, so, and this is where you think by building up these large voluminous data sets that that'll help address that. Very much. Yeah, let me ask you a question. <laughs> um, can you give us an example of some of the research questions or some of the, the actual clinical questions that the, the pioneer teams are addressing and using the big data to, to help them understand better? What we did within the pioneer, we identified a number of questions covering okay. all stages of prostate cancer focused okay. on uh, we were focusing on the various um, conditions including mm -hmm. screening diagnosis risk stratification which includes like genomic profile mm -hmm. treatment and the complications of treatment so um, and when I say we identified um, that means that it was members of the 
EAU Prostate Cancer Guideline Panel. That's the European Association of Urology okay. Prostate Cancer Guideline Panel mm-hmm. and other prostate cancer key opinion leaders. Okay. They were contacted to determine the most important questions that they felt were in the uh, field of prostate cancer. Okay. And can you just give us an example of one or two on that list? Yeah. Well, we have 57 that were identified, but I I need to say that once we had these questions identified, then uh, we performed a prioritization survey among two stakeholder groups. And these groups, they were healthcare professionals, which included pharmaceutical companies, but Mm -hmm. also most importantly were patients with prostate cancer. Okay. So we know that by involving the patients and all of the, the relevant stakeholders, it's key helping the patients be actively involved in designing and prioritizing the research questions. So the patients help us to know what they feel is most important with their care of prostate cancer. So it's not just we popped these out of the air. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it was actually a prioritization exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, And very ground up, they can see. Yes. We have, like I said, it was like 57 questions we've identified. We have a top five that we're working to address within Pioneer right now to say, let's test the platform and make sure they work. Mm -hmm. And we have one that's focused on um, what are the relevant tumor-specific and patient-specific variables that affect prognosis of prostate cancer patients suitable for active surveillance. And this is why we also need patients to agree to be part of active surveillance Mm -hmm. uh, trials. Yep. It's very important. You might think, well, I'm not getting treated. It, you know, it's not a drug being given to me or anything like that, but this mm-hmm. is very important. Another one we're wanting to look at is what is the clinical benefit for determining patients' genetic risk profile regarding prostate cancer management, especially in the screening setting. Mm-hmm. You know? so, so we need to get all this information. So we really need these genetic-based data sets so that we can answer, you know, uh, can we predict if a man's going to have aggressive cancer? Mm-hmm. Um, can we look at the natural history of prostate cancer undergoing uh, conservative management, like watchful waiting? Mm-hmm. You know, um, how are the side effects and local problems or looking between the, the treatments? Uh, okay. You know. So quite a range, really. Um and, it's uh, a yeah, very you, much arranged. <laughs> and I'm beginning to get a sense of, yeah, how you could use large sets of data to begin to, to understand that. I mean, is then the actual acquisition of these data sets one of your biggest challenges or are there other challenges as well that you're facing in making this all happen? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it is a big effort uh, to convert and harmonize large cohorts. It's a big undertaking. I can break it down a little mm-hmm. within Work Package 3, my main focus, um, our main challenge is motivating contributors to participate when they do clinical trials to make sure they get the right approvals from the patients mm-hmm. so that they can use them and can share their data. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have to make sure that we satisfy all GDPR and privacy regulations while we have these meaningful research collaborations. We need this to be a useful platform as a whole. Mm-hmm. The issue of big data in medical research and in healthcare systems—it's a complex ethical issue. Mm-hmm. You know, Indeed. you yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's complex. They have to make sure that we have consent. We have to make sure we have data privacy, cybersecurity, mm-hmm. um, the social aspects of uh, um, patient data being used. But within Pioneer, we do take this into account, 
And for that, we have a work package dedicated to ethics, legal, and governments of data sharing. So we do make sure that patients are protected. We're not interested in a patient's name when you do this big data. We do allow data to be shared from the data holder in two ways. You know, you can choose that we anonymize the data and then put it in a central platform to use. Certain countries, certain institutes don't allow that to happen. So we keep the data with the data holder and we we harmonize it behind their firewall so nothing ever leaves. And then we give them the question and they throw out the, the answer to us. So we do not want to have patients that are scared to share data mm-hmm. because we need this data to be able to improve how the patient is being treated. Okay. So um, what's your message then to like, if you could get in front of large patient groups, you know, like in your case, you know, some of the prostate cancer communities, what would you say to them in terms of, you know, why it's so imperative that they sign these consent forms and, and why they should possibly advocate this to, to their colleagues? Well, first I would have to say, you know, early diagnosis saves life. <laughs> so guys, start with the taboo, you mm-hmm. know, talk about your health get Mm -hmm. it out there. Mm -hmm. And when you do talk about your health, you know, when you talk to your doctor, get as much information as you can and tell your doctor, you are willing to share the results of what's happening. You are willing to put your data in a large data platform because these platforms, we we have to make sure that this is safe. We have to make sure that it's effective, that it's Mm -hmm. usable. And it's the only way that we're going to be able to standardize and that we're going to be able to get consensus on what is uh, the most important prostate cancer outcomes. We need consensus. We need to identify critical evidence gaps. And that for that, we need the men to give us the data to, you know, help us. So, I mean... Basically, there's almost like the beginnings of a movement here, like patients can actually help each other. Um, Absolutely. By, and that's why we have, advocating we have patient for data advocates. sharing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Very and, interesting. And Pioneer, we do have patient advocate groups that are a part of Pioneer. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. much. We mm-hmm. very much listen to them. And second question, I guess, or really final question. I mean, so to the extent that patients then understand that you know, sharing their data is a, it's more than an altruistic thing. It's actually something that's in their interest in terms of their health and, and the health of you know, their, their brothers and their friends or whatever. Um, but that is fundamental to, I guess, your whole mission, which is that you honestly believe that by accumulating these large data sets, that is the key to really beginning to understand some of the key issues facing prostate cancer researchers. And you think big data is actually something that's gonna really sort of accelerate that? Is that a fair way of a fair way of describing it? Accelerate? Yes, you can say accelerate. I mean, it's it's the only way we're going. Mm. I I like advance better. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I I mean, it's the only way we're going to be able to understand the disease. It's the only way that we're going to be able to give each individual man the treatment that's best for him. It's Mm -hmm. the only way that we're going to meaningfully improve clinical practice. And, you know, health economic outcomes. I mean, think of the money saved from a man treated early than a man who is treated later. Absolutely. uh, The disease. Yeah, I don't think anybody disagrees with that. I think the issue (laughs) here is, you know, how your project can really contribute to, you know, to improving that. And you've you've actually... I mean, it's evidenced. It's evidence-based data. Yes. And that's what we need. That's the word that everybody likes, but um, but I like what I also <laughs> like about about chatting with you is that you know you, you, patients are 
are, are crucial to this. And, and it's, you know, if each individual oh, absolutely. A, understood why their data was important and, and gave consent and then, you know, sort of advocated this to others, then you'd be sort of over some of the initial challenges here. Yeah. So I mean, um, men need to ask questions. Men need, they need to be informed. They need to know what's out there, you know, mm-hmm, they indeed. need to know it's possible that they can share their data and can help other people because prostate cancer, there's a diagnosis. It, it doesn't just affect the man. Well, I think a family. lot of these men, I think a lot of them <laughs> do understand that, you know, I mean, I certainly talk to many patients who, you know, actively you know, take the initiative and say, we really would like to share our experience, you know, whether it's about a certain diagnostic pathway they went through or, you know, particularly if it's around a treatment. Oh, um, that's that so nice went. to hear. <laughs> so this just adds another element to that, you know, that are you aware yeah. that, you know, by contributing your data, you're actually doing a favor and contributing to, to research because I think a lot of people don't understand that. So yeah. And that's um, why I really appreciate you taking the time to get this out. You know, well, it's, a, it's an important know. project. And, um, you know, the fact that it's so, it's so collaborative for one thing, you know, yeah, very much. Um, and I think, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, if you look at some of the recent events, i.e. this, you know, the, the vaccine that was announced last week, I mean, yeah. that was a really good example of, you know, international collaboration in both science Absolutely. and um, research. So I think this, this year, what you're doing is, um, you know, something that's even broader than that. So I wish you all the best. And I want to thank you so much for, for, for chatting to us, you know. Yeah, maybe, thank you very much. Maybe Claire. we'll have another chance to do it again with, with a more specific sets of questions. But for the moment, I think you've given us some real insight Absolutely. into what big data means and, you know, how you can actually use uh, the term big data and prostate cancer in the same sentence. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Never thought I could do that before. So anyway, thank you so much for speaking. Um, it's, yes, thank you, Claire. It's been fascinating and a real pleasure. Links to the Prostate Pioneer Project and a transcript of this interview is available on our website, where you can also access information and insights on living with prostate cancer. Thanks for listening. And from me, Claire Delmar, see you next time. <music>